0: This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leads
1: Aren't Weak. Ushering a company through a rebrand is a daunting enough task. Now try walking that tightrope when your company is pivoting from a nonprofit, impact driven organization to a for-profit company focused on making sure its clients received accurate data to power their AI. Sounds challenging, right? AI has become something of a buzzword in marketing circles, but the technology has merits if you understand what it needs to make it successful. There is an idea
2: that without that data, artificial intelligence wouldn't exist. There's synthetic data creation, and there's now models that can train off of very little data but at the highest level, AI just doesn't exist without training data. And quite honestly, training data at this point doesn't exist without a massive, massive human workforce. And that workforce is often overlooked.
1: That's Heather Gadnow, the VP of Marketing and Strategic Partnerships at SamaSource. She is a marketing and data expert with a mission to deliver actionable data to power marketers' ambitious AI goals. On this episode of Marketing Trends, Heather discusses why marketers need to know where their data is coming from in order to know how to properly use their data sets. She also shares stories on how she helped SamaSource pivot from a nonprofit organization into the world of for-profit business, the challenges of that rebrand, and the importance of impact. Enjoy this episode. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing.
0: Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And today we are joined by special guest, Heather. How are you?
2: I'm well, Ian. How are you?
0: You know, it's a, uh, it's a great day to talk marketing. Super excited to chat with you about your background and uh, everything that's going on at Home Source. So let's get started. How did you first start in marketing?
2: So I actually came up through a pretty untraditional route uh, in marketing. I studied environmental science and climate change and did a dual degree in geopolitical sciences and sustainability. Um, I was really interested in kind of this interdisciplinary thinking of how society comes together to solve really kind of big, meaty, hairy problems. And um, so I don't have the traditional degree, if you will, or, or the traditional kind of business school marketing background. But I think that, that what that lended me was a curiosity to always explore and always be asking questions that can, again, solve these, these big global complex challenges, which lends itself well to marketing or uh, really understanding a market and, and how a, a company can thrive in that space. So I I took that degree. I traveled the world for a few years, uh, went to Southeast Asia, India, Nepal, and just had a pretty interesting life experience and then ended up getting recruited by a company in the Bay Area focused on product marketing. And from there, kind of just grew up in product marketing and growth marketing and always worked for organizations that um, was either on the, the cutting edge of technology or had some sort of impact and sustainability mission or bent to them.
0: And so flash forward to today, tell me a little bit about your role as a VP at SalmaSource.
2: So I, I fundamentally believe that there are a few core things that really matter in business, people and culture, revenue and impact. And all of those are achieved by having a super strong alignment within an organization. Alignment between a product team, a marketing team, sales team, delivery, ops, right? Without this alignment, you don't really have the ability to grow and scale or make the most impact that an organization could have in the marketplace. And I do think that this alignment is only really realized when everyone is rallied around a clear, inspiring vision and actionable strategy. So I really see my role, my marketing executive function as a linchpin that helps coalesce these elements together vision, mission, values, strategy, and of course, go to market. And I love to work really closely with founders and executive team members to help them realize their vision and really, really geek out on go to market. Uh, So at SamaSource specifically, I'm responsible for global marketing programs, everything from demand gen to brand and content to go to market um, and also our key strategic partnerships. So that's a little bit different than channel. Uh, the sales team runs all channel partnerships and revenue partnerships. But I work with organizations like Partnership on AI uh, to help build out uh, programs and, and involvement around things like ethical AI supply chain.
0: Yeah. And so can you share more about uh, the company for for listeners who don't know?
2: Absolutely. So Sama Source provides accurate data for ambitious AI our services and technology are used by the world's leading technology organizations and AI teams, uh, companies like Walmart and Google and NVIDIA, to create training data that then fuel their artificial intelligence algorithms. So we specialize in image, video, sensor data annotation and validation for machine learning algorithms. So essentially you know, what that means is that for an AI application or technology to be developed it has to have a very large swath of data that teaches it how to see or speak or think. And we provide that data to organizations that then use it to trade their algorithms.
0: And so what does your marketing process kind of look like? I know you, you grew up in, in growth and product marketing. Uh, I know each company is super different, but I'm curious, like, what does is, what is your kind of go-to-market look like?
2: It's really evolved over the past couple of years. So when I started at SamaSource in 2018, we were actually a nonprofit that was just transitioning to a for-profit organization. So we definitely still had the the focus and the intent and the vision of providing training data. And we worked with some uh, amazing organizations at the time doing that. But we didn't necessarily have a really coalesced go-to-market strategy or effort in place that allowed us to tell our story and shine in the marketplace. Um, so those early, early years, i was really only two years ago, but I call it the early days. Um, those early days of our, our marketing program was really focused around building out this uh, for-profit brand, building out the brand that represented more of a robust picture and value-driven picture of our technology and how that technology fundamentally helped organizations succeed. And putting that technology first and foremost, um, because prior to that, we were really focused on telling our impact story and telling our impact narrative, which is a little bit easier of a story to tell. It pulls at the heartstrings of people and and gets people engaged in a a way that's really sticky, Uh, but it doesn't necessarily tell the full picture or provide the whole value of what, what Sama offers as an organization. So as I mentioned, those early days were really about getting that narrative right, really focusing on the positioning, focusing on building out a new brand and focusing on really telling the story of the product. And then once we really nailed that, which is honestly continuously evolving (laughs) as most product marketing does. uh, But once we had a a pretty solid foundation there, I won't say we nailed it because we're, we're always working on it, but once we had a solid foundation there, we transitioned to focus our marketing programs much uh, more closely aligned with account based marketing. Um, so, go to market was really driven around a top group of accounts that we were looking to attack and secure as both net new logos and upsell and cross sell. And we put in a really robust tech stack and um, ABM program to focus on acquisition. Um, so that that played out for a good nine to 12 months. Um, and now we're really, really at the place where we're expanding that out. And we have a really solid ABM foundation in place and where we're broadening the swath to focus more on brand and, and overarching acquisition.
0: Yeah. And so you mentioned a few of the types of customers um, that you are working with. So what does is, what is that persona look like? It seems like, you know, uh, obviously, we're going to talk a bunch of AI later, but you know, obviously, AI is, you know, at the forefront of, of every single, you know, marketing conversation, certainly. Uh, but at the forefront of every, you know, technology conversation with companies right now, you know, figuring out their data is is uh, uh, and training algorithms and everything is is at the forefront. So I'm curious, like, what are the segments that that you're going after?
2: Yeah. And, you know, it's it's really a bit complicated. <laughs> so we have two primary persona segments um, and they have very different buying behaviors and very different user behaviors. So one of the persona segments is around like a purchaser or somebody in the organization that's responsible for business process and scaled ops. And that persona, the the, the values or the, the um, behavior that drives that persona and the incentives that they need to understand and make a purchasing decision are so, so different than the technical persona that actually uses the product um, that we're bringing to market, uses our data, and is engaged with the product on a regular basis. So I've started to think about this a little bit as a double funnel, right? So you have your buyer persona, your user persona, and that user persona often overlaps with the buyer persona as well. And now we're we're looking at an approach and so we're building out an approach to ensure that we have community built with the user persona. Um, I, I do think that community is just kind of first and foremost the the most important thing to focus on with a technical product like ours. So we're we're looking at that for the technical persona. And then with the buyer persona, we're continuing on with more of that kind of ABM value-driven marketing. And it does take a little bit more. Kind of planning, resourcing, upfront thought—really—to think about how to engage those two personas in a really meaningful way.
0: You mentioned kind of your transition as a company. Um, You know, obviously, you all have have raised money, and and are and you're a a B Corp, right?
2: Yes, yeah, we are. We just uh, got our B Corp certification last year. That was a a big goal of our late founder Lila Jana.
0: Yeah, which is crazy. So. Because uh, that's not super common in in uh, in the technology space. So you know, I'm 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 so I'm so curious. Like, what is that process like from a marketing perspective? Like, how how much does that go into your story? How much it, it, of it is a reason why people buy? Obviously, we'll get into like the social impact piece of this a little bit too, and the impact that you all have had over the years. You know it's it's not just about the the technology, the product, the experience, it's about the impact um, that your company's having.
2: You know, I think humans inherently have a they have an extremely deep need and capacity for compassion and really to connect with organizations that that are making a positive difference in the world. That said, organizations that have some sort of impact angle to them or, or have an impact mission to them, first and foremost, have to deliver value, right? They have to be able to deliver on a core value proposition, which is in our case, providing high quality training data for accurate AI, right? That, that's the thing that, that people look for first and foremost. Um, and that is really the positioning and the value proposition and the connection that is needs to be made with a customer or a user of of our platform. We find that impact is really the sticky sauce, right? It's it's what what gets people hooked in to the brand. It's what gets people hooked into obviously the the core mission of the organization and resonate and connect with customers in a really deep and meaningful way. But as I mentioned, without that delivery on our, our core value proposition of providing training data that fuels accurate AI, that impact mission is, it's not meaningless, but it's, it's, it's not necessarily the primary driver. That's not the primary purchasing driver that, that people look for. So it, it really is a it's an important balance to strike. I mean, especially I think with our internal teams as well, you know, a lot of people join the company for the the good work that we're doing and love to tell that story because it is so impactful and it resonates. Uh, But at the same time, you know, as marketers, we we really need to look at what is the primary value driver of our purchasers and, and what is the core essence of what we're delivering that solves their problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it really, it almost speaks to the broader piece of like what is brand marketing versus, you know, what is kind of product marketing in a way where obviously you need to, they need to know features and benefits. They need to know, you know, what, what superpowers they're getting and what they're going to look like after, after they buy your product. But at the same time, like, I think modern buyers care or increasingly care about the type of company that you are. And you have to spend money to market that, or you have to spend effort to market that too, uh, so that they know. Um, and a company like yours, which has such a such a rich history and such a unique story, is uh, you know, is part of the equation. Obviously,
2: I couldn't agree more. And I mean, one thing that I feel so fortunate about as the marketing leader of Sama is that we inherently have that feel good connection, you know, built into the brand. So many companies, they either pay a ton of money or start to stand up programs, impact programs to try and get a little bit of that magic spiced in. And it's just so A, refreshing, right? As as a storyteller to see it embedded in the core of the business model and be able to tell that story with such authenticity and accuracy. Um, And then, and B, really almost have the, it's it's challenging. I mean it's challenging, but I, I feel privileged to even be able to have this challenge of balancing that technology forward kind of positioning, or like you said, that product marketing feature benefit marketing component with the the impact and the brand component. But it's it's a constant kind of tension within within the team. And rightly so, I think.
0: So moving towards, you know, AI in general um, and marketing a company that is in the AI space. Um I'm curious like not like what do the budgets look like in AI but like how how are people and teams buying this type of product because it's not something you we've talked about a ton on this show where it seems like something that and I could be totally wrong is like an obvious need to have over time that like you need to have uh, really good data to input to train algorithms but like is there a timeliness to it is it like you know when when do people make these type of buying decisions because it seems like you know it's it would be a matter of time that everybody needs to do that but I just don't know how they how they spend money on this stuff
2: yeah that's a, that's a good question so just to give you an idea like yes there's a lot of cash being spent in this space the Tam is pretty unbelievable and like think about every major technology company in the world. Think about, I mean, your phone, whether you have an Android or an iPhone, it doesn't matter, right? Like it is using AI search recognition to sort your photos, right? That is a very simple um, example of a computer vision application. Now, Alexa or your Google home, right? Very simple examples of NLP, natural language processing applications. Now think about every single aspect of the, of your life that you touch of technology that you touch that has some sort of component like that built in. Almost every single technology provider in the world is building some kind of AI into their product suite. It's not just consumer products. It's not just B2B products, every single technology company. And so, yes, I mean, to answer your question, there is, there is a lot of money being spent in this space. Now, I think your question about the buying decision is, in the purchasing kind of timeline or the purchasing cycle is really an interesting one. The way that algorithms are typically developed, you, you run into kind of a test, build, test, build, test, build production type of cycle. And so early on in the development of any algorithm, there is a certain amount of data that's needed to test an assumption or test an algorithm to ensure that, it's working as intended or it can scale. Um, and there's a lot of kind of refinement and tweaks that go along with that to better refine the accuracy of that algorithm or the, the, you can think about it as um, ensuring that the algorithm is working as intended. Now, once that test phase is moved into production, there's like a jump in the consumption of data. So we test, add more data, test, add more data, test, add more data and then add to production. And so throughout that, there's new data that needs to be consumed by the algorithm in order to ensure it's being retrained and retrained and retrained to work as intended. So it really is a kind of a never-ending cycle, if you will, of data inputs. Uh, And then once an algorithm or an application is put into market, there's always uh, my, my colleague Duncan likes to call it model vigilance. I think it's a brilliant term, and he's probably going to crucify me for saying it out loud first on a podcast. Uh, full credit to him, though, he coined it. But it, it, that's the concept of, of ensuring that when your model is in the wild, right? When it's actually being used into the, in the world, you're constantly monitoring it to make sure that it continues to work as intended. And if there's some component that's not, then you again, go in, feed more data, retrain, feed more data and retrain.
0: Yeah. So when, when folks are buying things like this, is it, is it a sophisticated enough ecosystem that like they have a ton of like obvious players in the space? Like what is, it seems like, you know, it's growing in complexity right now, but I'm curious, like, are you, are you often fighting off incumbents or are you, or are you kind of charting more of a uh, kind of traditional startup, blue ocean-y kind of environment?
2: Yeah, it's definitely increasingly gotten much more crowded. There are new entrants. I see a new entrant into the space you know, at least every, every quarter, every other quarter. Um, so I would say that in training data in particular, we're, we're at a point where there's not just one or two main players right? There's, there's definitely market leaders, uh, and I consider Sama one of them. But there are entrants that are able to provide at least a base level of annotation. Um, it may not be sophisticated, it may not be super high quality, it may not be able to meet the needs of sophisticated AI teams or those that are trying to scale AI in production. Um, but at a basic minimum level,
0: there are, are quite a few entrants. And so, yeah, obviously you're selling B2B. So, what types of campaigns are you running? Also, I you know we should we should note here, you know you you also look at strategic partnerships. So, I want to get into that because that's that's one of those things that sometimes marketing is is in there and sometimes not. Um, but what types of campaigns are you thinking about to to create demand and to uh, to to capture some some mindshare?
2: Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, this kind of double funnel approach is is really critical for us. So we have a component of our campaigns really focused on that B2B enterprise buyer um, through ABM. And then we have a component of our campaigns and our marketing strategy really focused on building community. Uh, And in our space, when you have such a technical persona, uh, that's not just a user, but also an influencer and a buyer of a product. I just firmly believe that community is everything. So we we really split our kind of marketing team and our marketing efforts to
0: focus on those two core components. And then, so you know, what does what does your team look like? How do you uh, how do you go try to uh, you know create campaigns for for those for that kind of double funnel?
2: yeah, so we have a demand generation team um, that is, like I said, highly focused on ABM um, and all of our kind of digital marketing, PPC overarching ABM tech stack is run through the the demand generation team. Uh, they work super closely with our sales team and our SDRs to drive really qualified leads and opportunities, kind of like a more traditional, if you will, b two b enterprise um, marketing function. And then we have a Another kind of, if you want to call it a pod or a team or division <laughs> that's carved out that focuses on brand and content. Um, and they feed that demand gen team, but they're also very closely and intricately linked with the product marketing team. And product marketing's core goal is to not just, you know, market feature function, but really to evangelize and build community with that developer audience. So um, you know, we have developer marketers, product marketers, et cetera, that, that are really focused on that goal. Uh, and you have to have a little bit of overlap, actually quite a lot of overlap, right? Between these between these two strategies, because A, the content that is used for one may be beneficial to the other, and B, particularly with digital, right? There is, there's so much cross-functional um, collaboration or cross-functional touch points between those building communities and the demand generation side when looking at using digital marketing tactics. Um, and that's that's really helpful. And then the other core component of my team that I think is is just so critical and so useful is we have a design division. And within that um, design division, we offer in-house design services to the marketing team, but we also collaborate really closely with product to ensure that there's brand consistency between product and kind of external touch points around the product experience and brand and touch points around the sales or go-to-market experience. Um, and then also that extends internally as well. So that team really provides the kind of the aesthetic glue or the, the design glue um, for us to really have an aesthetic and not just integrate it into everything we're doing, but own it and amplify it.
0: Yeah, you have a sweet brand design. I was gonna. She said that at the top of the show. Um, I love the uh, uh, the. You have a cool website. Great, great design, and it feels very, very on brand. So that that makes sense. Uh, now, now I know why.
2: It's all Douglas, man. He's like, he's been a amazing asset, amazing asset to the team, and just such a good colleague to work with. Um, it's a a good story. He actually worked with me at the last company I was at. I recruited him and. He like dabbled in design, but hadn't really worked in a corporate kind of design environment before. And he just grew so much at the company that I was with um, before and ended up working with him again at Sama. And I, yeah, it's, it's really wonderful when, when you see people come up and really grow and, and just be the best version of themselves that they can be. So he did a great job.
0: Totally. Do you have a favorite campaign that you've had uh, over the past couple of years?
2: That's a great question. So I think that one of the the top that comes to mind is a campaign we did around the soul of AI. Um, So when you think of artificial intelligence and you really understand how it's created and it needs all of this data to essentially become semi-sentient, Right there is an idea that without that data, artificial intelligence wouldn't exist. And yes, there's synthetic data creation, and there's now models that can train off of very little data. And I know if we get super technical about it, one would argue that that might not be the case. But at the highest level, AI just doesn't exist without training data. And quite honestly, training data at this point doesn't exist without a massive, massive human workforce. And that workforce is often overlooked. They are often not necessarily treated the, the best that they should be or paid wages that they should be paid. And that's the core of the Sama mission, right? We do that very differently. We, we pay all of our um, employees living wages. We make sure that they have safe, healthy, happy work environments, lots of daylighting and views. We provide them transportation. And- when i first started at Sama, i started to think about wow like there is this army of humans out there that's that's really making this industry function and without them we wouldn't have sentience in our technology we just wouldn't have ai so uh, we did the brand launch around this this theme of the soul of ai like we are providing the soul of artificial intelligence and in our nairobi office we have this huge pilot in the in the front of our office and we just had like a massive twenty story billboard <laughs> that had soul of AI coming down on the side of it with our new samaSource logo and that was that was a really proud moment I think for me and the team to to see that really come to life
0: that's cool yeah that's that's really rad how about a uh, a campaign that was maybe uh a, a, your biggest learning experience and it could it doesn't have to be at sama it could be at a previous company
2: yeah, so I think um Biggest learning in the past couple of years has been with the launch of verticalized account-based marketing campaigns. Um, So when we launched our ABM strategy, we really took an approach that we would not just kind of go broad brush and segment our accounts by size and um, create campaigns based upon like enterprise size or SMB size, but Really focus on verticalization and um, make sure that the content that we were creating, those that we were targeting, um, those that we were like rallying these these ABM campaigns around, were specifically focused on the use case and the pain points of that industry vertical. And that proved to be really, really successful from a demand generation standpoint. Like the, we we hit the target accounts we wanted to hit. We ended up. Um, getting net new logos in the door that we wanted to target. Uh, But we also learned that it just takes such a coordinated effort internally. Like you really have to be a unifier, right? In marketing between product and sales and customer success to make a campaign like that super successful. And to ensure that you're not just delivering a message at the tip of the spear. You're not just delivering a message with a, a digital campaign that's run through an ABM platform and then you have SDRs following up on that, it really has to carry through throughout the whole sales pitch throughout the whole like onboarding experience through CSM um, and throughout the whole delivery experience or, or, you know, implementation of the product itself. Um, so I think that, that that was a, a big learning to just make sure as we're we're launching these campaigns and particularly campaigns that are very, use case focused or um, persona based focus that we carry those expectations, insights, learnings, and uh, the delivery component is built out through the entire customer journey and not just at that marketing touch point.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a it's a great point. It's something that I think we hear pretty often is, you know, kind of moving to ABM, not having the customer success part kind of nailed down. Yeah, that's that's yeah. fascinating.
2: Yeah, one of our themes this year moving into 2021 is ABM to ABX. I feel like the the team, the marketing team has gotten a good solid foundation around ABM, but we have a a really amazing new sales leader on board and he's he's all about working together to kind of pull this through to all of our teams. So we've got a, a joint alignment around um, shifting from ABM to ABX. So I'm really, really excited about.
0: So um... I'm curious, you know, you mentioned that a lot of stuff has has kind of changed, uh, obviously in the past year and 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 you know since you all kind of raise your raise your Series A, you know, I guess kind of talking from that point to now and then now kind of going forward, what what was the kind of like you know that experience like of 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 after getting the B Corp and like kind of that rebrand for lack of a better term, any lessons learned from the from the rebrand there?
2: You know, for us, it. It wasn't just a typical rebrand; Like we weren't just repositioning and changing yeah. our palette and changing our <laughs> aesthetic. We were literally changing our entire organizational structure from a nonprofit to a for-profit. And yes, there is a brand component associated with that, but there's also a huge internal educational campaign uh, that needed to happen. And, and quite frankly, just time and leadership to shepherd Teams through that transition in a really um, graceful way, and so that was, I mean, yes, that was particularly challenging, but also extremely rewarding. Some learnings that came out of that, you know, I think that um, early on when we did the initial rebrand, we we held back a little bit um, from really embracing a super tech forward design aesthetic, and we really wanted to make sure that we were kind of incorporating a lot more of our um, East African element in, into the initial brand design and that proved to be a little bit chaotic to be honest. Like it was, yeah. it was really, really challenging to maintain. The aesthetic got a little bit cluttered. Um, it got a little bit too complicated for the the type of content that we were putting out. Um, and it really made us take a step back and refocus and say, okay, like we now have some amazing technical content. We really are telling a product led story. How do we simplify the brand design and be be really minimal about it in order to elevate the the value that we're providing to the marketplace? And yeah, is that a is that a hindsight or a learning that I wish I had done first and foremost? Probably, but you live and you learn, and, and you move on, and you grow. And uh, the team really took that learning and stride, and did a really, really quick like reassessment and, and redesign. and And we launched this new aesthetic um, last year that really supported the direction that we were going in.
0: Well, I mean, you know, even candidly, just you know, in doing the prep for the show and reading, you know, old press releases and things like that, to where your position is now on your website to me seems you know a, a, a pretty clear evolution from my perspective I mean I don't as an outsider's opinion of just like a different you know type of organization obviously because you're you're changing <laughs> so it makes sense but i it, it the the look and the feel and the brand aesthetic and the continuity and all that stuff you know from from where we sit today at the beginning of 2021 to you know to the previous like press releases things like that seems seems like a, a you know long road
2: yeah. I, in the grand scheme of things, I think it was, it was pretty fast, but at the same time, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it is a, it's a completely different, like completely different position, completely different brand. I mean, granted we are offering the same high quality training data that we have for you know the past decade, but yeah. the, the focus on the storytelling is very, very different.
0: Yeah. That's cool. That's a really, uh, that's a really interesting, uh, Really interesting experience. (laughs) Definitely different from from, uh, probably 99 out of 100 companies, that is for sure. So, you know, final final piece on AI here. Um, Obviously, you know, you're knee deep in it every day. Marketers need to figure out and understand AI. We need to get better at it. We all do. What would be some of your advice, you know, about specifically, you know, like, training data like I, I, I don't know if you work with any marketers in your in your day to day or is there something that maybe the the CMOs marketing leaders that are listening to this show should should go to their data teams or AI teams and and uh, sit and chat with them about or or what should marketers be thinking about with AI
2: yeah so I think there's there's different elements here right there's like understanding fundamentally how AI works and how training data works and how your General technologies that you're using every day are, are developed. And to me, that's just interesting. Like I think that as technology evolves, as marketers and specifically marketers that, that are either involved in B2B or B2C technology or just marketing technology in general, we have to understand how that works. Like it is so fundamental. It is such a shift in in the way that technology is developed that taking an AI 101 class even, or a machine learning 101 class, or a six-week course on machine learning to get the fundamental basic understanding is is a really critical skill set uh, for moving into the next 10 years. So that's one piece. But then there's there's this notion of how AI is used in marketing technology. And that, to me, is so fascinating because all new marketing tech that's coming out claims to have some sort of predictive capability or artificial intelligence capability and really understanding what that means and how that technology is trained. Is it trained on your data? Is it trained on a data set that the company is providing? Is it trained on a third-party data set? That's all going to impact the predictions that you receive from your tech stack. So, You know, as an example, we just switched to ABM tech. We're now using Sixth Sense. I was super impressed with the predictive capabilities um, within that that ABM or or ABX tech. And it's, you know, it's trained on our internal data and they also have a component of their data set that is external that gives you a, a deeper insight into intent and understanding how that data is trained so that the predictive models are or can be more accurate and fuel more accurate lead development or accurate account scoring or segmentation is, is really, really critical as marketers. So yeah, I think that, that those are, are two really core fundamental ways that we as a marketing community need to be informed and educated on artificial intelligence.
0: What are you excited about for, uh, for 2021 here? What's, uh, what's next for, uh, for Source?
2: I mean, I have a, (laughs) wow. What am I excited for 2021? I'm going to pause there for a second, Ian, because I actually am going through a pretty big personal transition. Uh, I have moved to New Zealand from the Bay Area uh, in 2020, like end of 2020. And so for me personally, 2021 is a, it's going to be a a pretty major life transition year. Um, I've spent about 20 years in the Bay and you know, working in technology and just being in kind of that that hub and that thick of it, and it's it's a little bit of a a different lifestyle that that I'm choosing to lead personally. Um, so I'm actually quite excited for that. Definitely a little bit sentimental for for my days in the Bay, but um, really excited and just so so grateful to to see what what 2021 holds. Um, for Sama, I am. I'm beyond thrilled at, at what twenty twenty one has in store for the organization. Like I think that we've spent a lot of time over the past few years, you know, really getting this transitional foundation set for the organization and for hyperscale and hypergrowth. And we now have systems and processes in place that will enable us to moonshoot. And that, to me, is just so, so exciting you know we've we've seen you know 134% growth over the past 2 to 3 years and that growth trajectory is slated to continue we're seeing some amazing customers and new logos come on board um, some use cases that are just like cutting edge and and really fascinating you know, when you think about how artificial intelligence is being applied to technology and i think most importantly the the team at sama is growing and extending and gelling more than ever, and the talent that we're finding to join us as we scale is really deeply aligned with both the mission of developing and delivering world-changing AI, but also equally aligned with our impact mission of helping to alleviate poverty and providing digital work. And to find a talent and and workforce that can hold those two things uh, in equal weighting and can really focus on the core critical component of delivering high quality training data and putting that at the, at the core of everything we do while still holding the impact mission dear is, is really um, encouraging. It really is.
0: Yeah. That's so exciting. Well, we're, we're definitely going to be rooting for you. That's awesome. Um, and, and we'll miss you here in the Bay, um, Okay, let's get into our lightning round. These questions are fast and easy. Just like marketing with Salesforce, you can go to Salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more about marketing on the world's number one CRM. That is Salesforce. Lightning round questions. Heather, are you ready? Yes. Number one, what was your New Year's resolution?
2: I didn't have a New Year's resolution this year. It's the first year I have not developed a New Year's resolution because 2020 was so insane. And like I had some resolutions. I had a lot of things I wanted to do. Moving out of the country was not one of them. And I find myself in a completely different space. So I've decided that this year, there are no resolutions.
0: I hear you. I haven't made one either. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, keep on keeping on, I suppose. Um, If you could interview one guest on a podcast, who would it be?
2: Oh, my gosh. Living or dead?
0: Living. Living.
2: I think it would have to be Stacey Abrams.
0: How about your favorite book or podcast or TV show or whatever that you've been binging recently?
2: My guilty pleasure Uh, was most recently Schitt's Creek. Got to say, I was a little late to the game there. And oh my gosh, amazingly, like amazingly surprised and sucked in from the beginning. So that's been my guilty pleasure. Um, I also read latney um latney's book from sixth sense
3: yeah latney's break, great
2: forms no spam no cold calls and yeah like, it was like she was speaking to my inner marketer so that was my i would say non-guilty netflix binge pleasure but it was it was also really insightful
0: yeah interviewed latney twice last year last year she's awesome shout out to her nice. um she's a riot on another podcast uh she gave a great story about uh Her famous dust-up with Snoop Dogg, and it was pretty freaking hilarious.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to listen to that one.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, Who's your favorite uh, Schitt's Creek character?
2: Too many to name. I love them all. I, I have thought about that a lot. Like, I've analyzed each and every one, their personalities, like, how they move in the world. And honestly, I can't pick just one.
0: Yeah, I don't know who I would say either. Probably... Stevie for me. Stevie's just so great. Stevie is just, just kills me. Um, Okay. What is your best advice for a first time head of marketing?
2: Find great people and a great community to surround yourself with and rely on them and give back to
0: them. What question do you never get asked that you wish you were asked more often?
2: I think leadership philosophy, maybe like, on marketing podcasts or in in work settings which is in interviews like this people always want to know about like oh what are your strategies what's the nitty-gritty what's the tech stack what's the campaigns but I don't know if we focus enough on just like leadership and nurturing people and how to bring the best out in in teams I
0: don't know I think that's true I you know I've I've long said uh, I think you should have if you're a leader you should have your leader leadership philosophy written down somewhere. And uh, you should probably update it every every year to make sure you're on track. Heather, this has been great. Thanks so much for joining. We appreciate it. Any uh, any final thoughts, uh, anything to plug? Obviously, everybody should check out sama.com to learn more. Anything else to, to plug or anything else? Final thoughts?
2: Embrace the mystery, be kind, and it will all be
0: clear. Awesome. Thanks again. Take care.
1: marketing trends podcast is brought to you by salesforce discover marketing built on the world's number one crm salesforce put your customer at the center of every interaction automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey salesforce we bring marketing and engagement together learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing